Dave. What, what's going on right now? You don't know my life. I don't, I guess. Is the name of a game that we're going to play. Oh, boy. I this love a game. A very special bonus sl- slash intro slash uh, whatever. Joyful you guys have squeezed me in, and I re- it means a lot to be squozen. Today, the person Welcome. we're squozing is Dennis Hensley, writer, Yay. podcaster, performer, and Ledge. game creator. Yes, I co-created a game called You Don't Know My Life with my friend Jeb Havens, who's uh-huh. a, a games designer. And we are uh, launching our friends and family pre-order campaign and your friends and family. So oh here we are. I'm so Yay. excited We're spreading to the word. be part of it. We're very excited. Um, we feel like it brings people together in a fun way where they don't have to talk about the state of the world or whatever. And so uh-huh. if the holidays are coming up, basically we're going to save Christmas and then we're going to save the world. Wow. Thank you for starting your with Christmas. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know a what? The goal. We help where we can. Um, yeah. So I thought this would be a fun, uh, you know, way to change things up instead of just listening to us shoot the shit like you do every week. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to shoot the shit uh, in, you know, through the lens yeah. of you don't know my life on a deeper and scorable level. I love um, it. So can we do a little like sample round? Yeah, we could do like a sample uh, a way way to play it. How it works is these questions were developed over my years of profiling celebrities for magazines. I would I had this little list of random offbeat questions that I would kind of pepper in once in a while. And um, they sort of made my interviews and stuff. Get, they got me good anecdotes and stuff. Yeah. And so when I started my podcast, Dennis, anyone, I put them on cards and called it the observation deck. Matt, you picked a few questions from that. Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, maybe there's a more structured game in these cards because people like these cards. It's fun to look at them and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started developing it. So basically what happens is you get, you're around a table with uh, friends, family, maybe people you just met. Um, a question gets played like this, for example. Um, what photo of yourself do you hope no one ever sees again, ever, ever, ever? And you have a little form with a square on it, and you can write as much as you want in that square, as long as it fits, and uh, as long as somebody else can read it. Yeah. That's what you do. So then it gets switched around. They get passed back out. Everyone gets one back, probably not their own, right? Uh-huh. And then before they present it aloud, they come up with a hashtag to capture the gist of it. That's where you can have some real creativity. Oh, okay. And that keeps people from seeing the handwriting. Because if this, the questions were all placed up or the answers, you'd go, oh, well, that's Matt's handwriting, right? So then everyone tries to guess uh, everyone else's. So we're not going to actually play right now with the papers and everything because yeah, it yeah. takes a little while. But what's a picture that you hope no one ever sees again, ever, ever, Oof, ever? It's so hard because it, if I could do pictures plural, if I could do right. entire years well, worth of anything you write on that little form is valid. So it's like yeah. anything from the years twelve to thirteen or what you know. So. Yeah, anything from I'm going to say from eleven to twenty one. Oh, wow, that's a big meant. window. Yes, it's all not wow. meant. I think you're seen. wrong about that. I bet what, there's a few in there that are good. What would we be seeing? In well, you pictures? would be seeing horrific uh, hair choices, first of all. Yeah. I think I've told you this before. Like I had in middle school, I had like a like a high spike on right. one side and then like a comb down kind of on the other. Ooh, and I like it. And Alison Moyer. Yeah. yeah, and I the thing I remember the most <laughs> is just, is like talking to teachers and – and feeling like they're not making eye contact and then realizing, oh, they're staring at my hair mm-hmm. instead of looking at me in the eye. So they're you're, like, what the fuck is on your head? Yeah. And also I just was misshapen in every part of my body was misshapen. Terrible skin, teeth coming out of every direction. I mean, a disgusting mess. Right. Oh. I doubt that. So I doubt that. Do you have a photo? 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I had some some rough teenage years yeah. for sure. There's one picture in particular that I don't know where it is. Probably it was in an album that is in my parents' house, and I'm, I bet you my mom threw it away because it is me at at my absolutely like gayest, like <laughs> okay. number one gay, full wig. Okay, um, that, and I can say this to you because I know that you will understand. Cover of the Company B album. Okay, with, I, I'm on. I got like you. White and sparkly. Okay, and it was backstage at, at like a rehearsal for the the spring musical. I think I was in like eighth grade. Oh I think I was God. playing uh, Mordred in Camelot. Oh yeah, and uh, he was the brat. He was. That was he the was, best part. Was the villain. It was a juicy. Part. The best part. It was a juicy, juicy part. Right. And um, and I was just dancing in, like just before rehearsal in this wig that I had found yeah. in some costume area of our right. all boys high school, and I I have like my hand on the ground and my arms straight and like and, I, and it's kind of, the wig is like over one shoulder, yeah. wow. so that if you turn it the other way, it looks like I'm flying in, right? <laughs> um, but it's just like it's me, very unself conscious and young, right. and I'm I'm proud of that kid, right? But I am also afraid of that picture. Uh, I so need to see it. I want to see that picture now. Mine was a picture that was in the yearbook. I was on the golf team. Oh, I know. I, I'm a jock. I radiate that, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, sophomore year, I was in a sand trap, and I'm trying to get out of it. Somebody took a picture, and my belly is hanging out over my pants, and I have my tongue out. I'm wearing la- la- layered shirts. I had a layered shirt thing. It's just, first of all, I'm not doing well in the sport. Second of all, I look not good. And third of all, it makes me a little sad to look at that kid oh. trying to get out. But you know what? The tongue coming out says what? I'm determined. I'm going to press on. Right. It says, right? I'm not self-conscious. Yeah. I don't give a shit how I look. I'm, yeah. I am playing no. the game. Yeah. Exactly. I'm trying to make my my um, putt, my putt goal. Yeah. My, I was trying to chip onto the green, I believe. Oh, Those are the, the words. I know. Exactly. It's fun to say. Do you guys want a Sounds sexy authentic. kind of question? Ooh, or, or, sexy I mean, question. When am I not down for a sexy okay. question? Uh, tell us about the first time you saw a dirty magazine or a video. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. My childhood was littered with them. Good. That's everywhere. a good that's really? a good. Well, my dad always had hidden Playboys. And I wasn't, like, interested in them from, in, like, a, uh, they did not, you know, do it for me. Right. But, it, there, I, but I enjoyed the scandal. I loved, I loved like, sneakiness. having a friend over and being like, look what my dad has yeah. in this drawer. But we also had, there was a... Like a softcore uh, porn version of Cinderella that was a thing in the, I guess. Is that the Brandy, 80s? the Brandy Whitney Houston one? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not quite as not quite as uh, scandalous as that one. But um, we're, there's just it's Cinderella, but there's just full sex happening and right. nudity and stuff. Okay. And I had like pr- uh, that was one of the first time that I, I had like no friends, but because I had possession of this tape, had like eight people come over and watch it, and I was so excited that I had. That I knew that many people. That that's a mouth. that's yeah. a whole that's an evite. Yeah, and we got busted by my mom. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. how did you get and busted? She just walked right in and was like, "What's going on?" And in retrospect, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon, and yeah. it was not like a, we were not hidden. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, so parents always walk plan. in on the dirty parts. Have you noticed that? That's very true. Yeah, that is a hundred percent true. Um, I. The, the one that comes to mind, and it can't be the first thing I ever saw, but um, same sort of theater group in high school. Mm-hmm. This was maybe uh, ninth grade when we did The Mouse That Roared. It okay. wasn't a musical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't remember who I played. Um, we the, the cast party 
was at this guy Nathan's house, and he was he was I think a sophomore or a junior. I was a freshman, and um, and he was like he grabbed a couple of people and he was like, "Come up to my bedroom." And we're like, "All right." And he pulled he had like the Adam and Eve catalog. Oh wow, that had been sent somewhere or something. That was like lingerie and sexy things. Well, right? yeah, but and ads for porn VHS. Uh, okay, and uh, and and like you know, dildos and vibrators and right. stuff like that. And it was just dirty. And I remember being like, not turned on by it so much as just like vibrating just inside. Titillated. Yeah. yeah. Long Dong Silver was in there. There was yeah. a picture of Long Dong Silver because he had a whole series of movies, obviously. Oh, that is a performer's name? Long Dong Silver? Yeah. I don't Long know Dong Silver. He was yeah. this black guy who had a dick down to his knees. Oh, wow. um, it came up in the Clarence Thomas. Yes, movies. that's where it was because uh, he was talking about it at work case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. And there were Benoit balls and I was like, I don't okay. know where you would put those or why. Right. Yeah. Uh, just the whole thing was very, very grown up and titillating. Wow. I love that story. I had my, – my older brother had them, so I would sneak them out sometimes. But it was always a thing where you would sneak them out in your sock, right? And then you would no. like sneak, sneak them what, back. Like, like Playboys? Yeah, sneak them out of his room. But there was also like Playboys and then you're like, mm, that's lame. Penthouse and you're like, okay, now we're getting into it. Right. And then Hustler was like, oh my god. Yeah. That was a lot. That was mm-hmm. next level. That was next level. But um, I do remember he had, a, he had a deck of playing cards and there was one picture of a toy placed near a, a person – a woman's – um, bottom. Uh-huh. And for a while, I thought that babies might come out of your butt because oh. of that playing card. I'm clearly wrong. You shouldn't trust your sex education to a playing card. I don't know why. I just entertained wow. that notion for maybe a couple of months that that's how it worked, but do I was you, wrong. <laughs> do you guys remember the first piece of gay pornography to, to Yes, fall the into pizza your boy life. he delivers. Oh. Uh, in college, uh, um, Either a roommate or somebody rented it, or I rented it. And What's the plot of that one? I well, can imagine. There's a pizza place where people work, uh, and then sometimes pizzas get delivered, and then sometimes people just do stuff with the other pizza people. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so there's variety, kind yeah. of like um, Lover Boy. You know, yeah, the sure. Move, but very much the Lover Boy that we want it to be. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But yeah. it was a classic for its time. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. remember Dave? I do. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it. Um, I remember I was like sixteen or seventeen, and uh, and I knew like in the Central West End in St. Louis that was sort of the gay neighborhood at the time. It was like in the sort of Bohemian area, and um, and they had like a, a big newsstand, like bookstore thing, and there was a, an adult section. And uh, and I remember I went in. I bought like a Sports Illustrated and a Vanity Fair, right? And like the Economist or some shit, right? And whatever this was, which was mostly text. Okay, uh, like it was mostly stories. Yeah, I like stories. Yeah, and um, yeah, and at the time, my parents were building a house, and so I would go and read these stories. When in the house that was in being the, built, in the house that was being that built. wasn't built yet, like on a Sunday night when no one. Wow. Yeah. Erotic. Erotic. That's very awesome. erotic. It's always the sneaky with the other magazine was a very cool trick. Yeah. I, I knew a guy once that had his parents stash and took a Polaroid of it so he could recreate exactly what it looked like, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. So when he took him back. Very smart. But he left the Polaroid with the stash. Oh. So he got busted. Ooh. It's not good. Ouchers. Yeah. I remember from, from uh, gay pornographic text, just the word tumescent coming up a yeah. lot. I remember a story about a guy, tumescent, I think it means shiny and uh, maybe throbbing. We live in the future. Right. You remember turns of phrase. What does the word tumescent mean? Um, Swollen or becoming swollen, especially as a response to sexual arousal. Do you want to hear the remaining one? Yes. Yeah, of course. Especially of language or literary style. 
pump is so pretentious, humid. Okay. That's like guys. Ben Whitshaw is like your Siri. The guy, that cute British I, that, the, yeah. the fact that that's your Siri voice is the least surprising thing I've ever. Right. Dave is an Anglophile. Oh. Uh, yeah. There was I'm, I'm projecting that onto you, but that's actually yeah, No, that's right? true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I love um, it. Anyway, yours. First of all, I just want to say I'm going. If I ever have a child, I'm going to name her Tumescent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a beautiful name. I think yeah, it it's is. a gorgeous name. Tumescent. Bursting. I'm so yeah. Tumescent Grassy. Yeah, I like it. Michael's last name. Um, what was the question? Oh, po- I actually don't Video. remember. I, on- okay. I only remember getting. We've talked about this before. The um, International Mail oh, Catalog. Yeah, sure. That it just found its way to me in Waverly, Ohio. Somehow. Somehow. I was on a list. It uh, happens. And which I, in retrospect, I still think is better than gay porn. It is, yeah. There's a there's an element of um, um, there, there's a tantalizing yes quality to it, and it's also like I bought some outfits from there, so I'm not above it. But sometimes even the hottest guys in the world look ridiculous oh, in the mesh pirate step ins. What it. outfits did you, know, you buy? Um, I'm sure I was never bought step ins. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm sure they, they were like a onesie, I guess. Oh. That was just a, one of their words. They had well, a lot of fluffy pirate shirts. They had a lot of shiny R- things ruffles that are shiny and tight. Yeah, sure. I support it. I was in. Um, did you ever read Blair magazine? It was, a, it was uh-uh. an early web magazine in like the 90s. Okay. Uh, but they did a thing about the international mail catalog because that is a thing that does unite all yeah. gay oh, men of a sure. certain age. And uh, the, the one observation that they made that stuck with me is all the models seem to have the same three potatoes stuffed down the front of their briefs. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was just – They all had the was same – unnatural. Yeah. yeah. There was yeah. a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But the, going back to the, the porn thing, like sometimes there would be a straight porn movie or a magazine or whatever, but there would be a moment where a guy was and you would like zone in on it or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Even the back of the like regular penthouse or whatever, they would have the video ads with the stars over the dir- super dirty parts, but there were – you could project. So sometimes it yeah. was like the little guy moments in the otherwise – did you know that in the uh, great film um, Body of Evidence, do you recall? Madonna, Madonna Evidence, Madonna, Willem Dafoe, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, they have a sex scene where you can, I think, see his dick because uh, they of the, the um, I think she, I think he's on his back, she's on top, she's riding him, but I think he his junk is maybe pushed down behind her and but that there's a freeze frame this is very easily findable on the internet uh-huh. but if you want to see willem defoe's dick it's out there yet another reason to love that movie it's a very specific kind of person who really wants yeah. to see willem defoe's dick yeah are either of you that kind of person no but that i mean but it's always nice if somebody in the room had it on their phone sure i would look you would look yes yeah. and i just want to support madonna knowledge is power yeah yes she turned 60 recently. I know. God bless her. Yeah. Um, speaking of Madonna. Yes. C- what, can you um, talk about your short, which I've seen, your short? Uh, sure. Thank you. It's a few years old, but since she just turned 60, I thought uh, I, I want to like uh, shine a little light on it. It's called If We Took a Holiday. Uh, uh, it was directed by my friend Glenn Gaylord, and he and I and Nadia Ginsburg, who does the best Nadia, uh, Madonna imitation I've ever seen, uh, create made it together, and it's basically my character is uh, got dumped, and he's got the blues, and it's his birthday, and so my actress friend Nadia, for his gift, is going to pretend to be Madonna all day. So we go around, and I get to live out my fantasy of, of um, being you know Madonna's friend. Oh, but she does, day. she's so funny. She kind of does funny things where she kind of makes fun of Madonna's Madonna ness, like. Mm-hmm. 
at the parking meter, she thinks it's voice ac- activated. She's like, let me park car. You know, like yeah, it's hard yeah. to capture it. But um, it it's like a. And she's got the weird fl- like fluttering blink the, the, thing. The blinking happening. down and the, she just nails everything about her. But it's also sort of a celebration of friends showing up for each other um, and um, – and Dreams and cupcakes and a celebration of Madonna. At the end, we run up the hill like the uh, Open Your Heart video, the end of the Open Heart. You, sure. you remember? Yeah. And she takes my hat, and I was like, oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Because I, so I um, started my writing career because I was a dancer, and I auditioned for Madonna, and I got cut. But the story of it was so rich and funny to me that I wrote an essay about it and started sending it around, and that's what got me my first writing well, job. And what was the audition for the Blind Ambition Tour. Oh, wow. I mean, really? right? The big, the granddaddy of them all. Can you still do the routine? I can. Well, I would flop around like a mermaid and cherish at the foot of that stage and look all <laughs> cute. Like I, like I was 20 if I had the opportunity. I can do some of the moves from Express Yourself, a little Vogue maybe. But the, uh, the audition was very basic uh, early 90s, like um, – hip-hop like Running Man for uh, Roger Rabbits. Do you remember those? Sure, sure. Yeah. There were eight Roger Rabbits, but four were small and sexy, and the other ones were sort of basic. Um, yeah. And then they just typed out, and then you, I was out. But she was there. She was wow. wearing a hat. Wow. Yeah. Exciting. I'm trying to say wow less on the podcast. Don't. I, I've said it 15 times already in this episode, and that should be a drinking game. I that say right too much. and I notice in mine, I say the word right too much. Yeah. Anyway. But um, you're right. Right? Let's keep going. Thank More you. Questions, oh, yeah, you want another question? Okay. You guys talk about relationships and stuff, so you might have a fun one for this. This may be overwritten. We're workshopping the game. Okay. If you have any notes. What's the quirkiest, shallowest, or most shocking reason you decided, no, I don't want to date this person? Oh, God. Where do I start? I, I don't think I've ever had any good ones. I, I have a story, and then you guys can think while I yeah, do please. mine. So I was seeing somebody, and it... It wasn't a fit. Like there, we'd been going out for a couple months, and I knew that I it wasn't going to work out, and I needed to end it. Um, and uh, I was like, I can't do it. I don't want to hurt him, and it was really hard. And then we had this romantic dinner out, and over dinner, he brought up these billiard balls that he had on his coffee table, and I was like, Oh yeah, those are cool. They look really cool there. And he's like, Well, and he told me the story about how he once shoved them up some guy's ass. Ooh. And the whole time at dinner, I'm thinking, I can't break up with him. I can't break it. And then he said that, and I was like, okay, I think I can do it. <laughs> Not that that's bad, but it was just like that, that, that that's what you would talk yeah, about on a date. It's such yeah. an intense visual. <laughs> I know. So that, that night, we were back at his place, and I couldn't sleep because I still hadn't done it. And I got up, and I went into the living room, and I'm looking at the billiard balls like Meg Ryan in a romantic comedy. Like, what do I do? Like, yeah. So that wasn't the reason, but it was something that got me over the hump. And, you know, it, I, I, I don't want to say he was a bad guy. It just wasn't a fit. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's – you want to hear that on a date, really. No, I, I think Maybe. you made the right decision. Thank yeah, you. No, I, think, I think that's absolutely right. And that man that the billiard balls went up is – <laughs> One of the queer eyes. No, I don't know who it is. I wish I had a good twist. Yeah. I have definitely um, separately not pursued relationships with people for not having enough CDs. That's a good uh, one. If there's just like the Tower of Ten and it's not full and it's all greatest hits, collections, or soundtracks, then it's like we don't have anything in common. Right. That's so interesting. And, I mean, I just can't. I can't. I no, don't, you're a music I mean, guy. now, these days, you can't judge people by that right. anymore and you haven't been able to in 15 years. But you, it, you, it was a thing. Your CD collection was a thing that you had to have out publicly, like your books. 
this is a sidebar, but don't you think it's harder to take music into your heart if you don't own something physically? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It Thank absolutely you. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It absolutely is. Uh, and then also I have not a, re- not a relationship, but there was somebody that I was sort of starting to hang out with from the, like, the improv world when I was really steeped in that. Right. And, uh, and I like, went over to his place for dinner, and he had like a billion DVDs, like a whole wall full, but none of – like – but it was like another 48 hours and like what's the worst that could happen with, you know, Martin Lawrence and yeah. whatever. It's like why would you ever come back to any of these? Right. Yeah. And just the idea of like all of these 1495 items, yeah. like hundreds of them. Yeah. You're, you're not going to watch I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry ever again. You're right. just not. No. You won't. You're never um, in the Chuck and Larry mood. No. You're right. never in the you Paul Blart mood. This? Yeah, I did. I was just like, this is excessive. This is a lot. <laughs> and he was like, no, I mean, I, this is what I do on a Saturday is I'll watch some movies. But it's like, I I don't know. I just was like, I can't. I fundamentally don't understand you. Well, okay. if you were in the dating game now, you would have to do what we do sometimes here and take the person's phone and look at the most recent, you know, look at the library, look at the yeah. Spotify playlist yeah, or the, right. the what have you. Right. I know. What about you, Matt? Do you have a oh, weird story? I, it's t- too many uh, to mention, but I – uh, the first one that comes to mind is a guy who I dated who we were, were like in conversation and I said something about Amsterdam and he goes, what's that? Not where yeah. is that, but yeah. what what's is that? that? What's that? And I was like, I am no intellectual, but this is a line right. that I must draw. No, yeah. So imagine yeah. a table full of stories like this, like like what's Amsterdam, and then you're trying to figure out who's is who's. It's, 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 right, right, there's right. A, there, you get to hear the stories, but there's also the fun. Like, that would be hashtag what's Amsterdam, right? I mean, yes, exactly. Or you could do like Amsterdam it. That's kind <laughs> of a bad pun, but you get my point. You can do anything. I love that. The, I, I thought of another one when you were talking about the CDs. Uh-huh. I I dated this guy for a little while, and I remember going to his place, and he had all these Disney cells on his wall. And I'm not a Disney guy. I mean, I like it once every three or four years, but I'm not that guy. And I don't. It wasn't the reason. And looking back, I sh- I kind of blew it because I look I see him now, and I'm like, shoot, he had Disney what on his cells like like animation cells? Oh, you know, like okay. collectors' items. Yeah, fetch a lot of money, right? But uh, you're like he's now running Pixar, and turns out yeah, was- it turns out he's doing very well, yeah. and he looks great. And I kind of should not have. That wasn't the reason, but anyway, it's but always yeah. indicative of a larger thing. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it was right. Maybe I, things work out the way they're supposed to work out. They do. Uh, I when I first moved to LA, dated a guy, uh, and this is in my book, but um, uh, he was hot as fuck, like a beach volleyball player guy, just like gorgeous. But uh, we were talking on like our second or third date. And uh, and I was going back and forth between New York and I was and, and L.A. and I was about to settle in L.A. So we were talking about it and I was like, you know, I, the one thing I'm really going to miss in New York is autumn. And he and there was a pause and he goes, that one's fall, right? Whoa! Yeah, whoa I was like, uh, kiss me, you fool. Yeah, that must be right? yeah Amsterdam guy. There cannot be that many. <laughs> it could be dumb gay guys it running. Could around. be yeah. I, the other one that comes to mind for me is uh, early L.A. days, and um, I I often – what is it? Uh, I swung ab- above my average or dated out of my league in terms of physical attraction, and I would be like, why is this guy? And then I'd realize, oh, you're really dumb, and that's uh-huh. what I'm bringing – you know what I mean? So yeah. that happened a lot. This was another example of that where there was if a If it guy, happens a lot, it's not out of your league then. 
It's just no. we're bringing two different things to the table. Okay. And so there was a guy that uh, I met. This was back when it was like cool to uh, to to pretend you were like a character on Friends and call somebody like we call him Gay Superman because he he was gay guy. He looked like Superman or whatever. Right. Gay Superman. What had a body that I like could not understand. I'd never seen something like that in real life. And I remember like the first time that we kissed, he like very tenderly and slowly took my hand and brought it over to him and just placed it on his six pack. Just kind of like you you, can have you may feel this. (laughs) Like that's amazing. (laughs) I just kind of like yeah patted it like (laughs) thank you. I guess yeah, that's fantastic. And it was like oh wow, I've never felt. That you know what? He life. knows. We People know. want to touch it. Why? You know what? He's like, he, in a way, he's right. He yeah. was right. But I was also like, well, I'm, a, I feel bad about myself and you make right. me sick. So I will not be. I had wow. a guy once that I, um, that I met and had a little moment with. And um, I remember after, after, um, oh, I said, I want to take off your shirt, right? So I took off his shirt. And you know what he says after I take it off? Ta-da. No. Oh, yes. Fuck. It was cute, though. It was pa- charming and cute. Oh, that's Paula Tompkins, good. sit down. Oh. Paula Tompkins just walked into the room. I'm, I'm thinking of getting out of this I'm room. very sorry. I apologize. Hi, Without saying hello? You? Our yeah, first I, straight I mean, man on homophilia. Oh. Wow. Right. There's very few podcasts that I'm barred entry to. Yep. <laughs> this this, this was one. one of them. Right. Yeah, you <laughs> will. You have to, you have to feel Matt McConkie's six-pack in order to be on the podcast. I don't have one. Just take that Problem solved. That's a call back to a story that uh, just happened. What is the sh- shallowest reason you have ever dumped somebody? Oh my God. Or, or decided, mm, I don't want to date this person. I wonder if I got to make that call. It might've been, <laughs> that might've been made on my behalf. Yeah. Um, probably sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. Probably sense well, of humor yeah. where it was just like, not even that they didn't think I was funny, but that they liked a thing that I didn't like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I couldn't get past it. I think that's a very good reason. I think it says a lot, right? Well, For sure. But, it, but you know what? It, like, as I get older, as I've gotten older, that's not as important to me. Like, if there's common ground, yes. But I think back then it was like when I was younger, it was like, if you like this thing at all, it doesn't matter what else you do yeah. like. If you like this thing, then that's it. Uh-huh. And that's like, who cares? Right. Yeah, I'm with you, though. <laughs> I'm with you, actually. I uh, was recently on a plane, and a guy on his uh, on his iPad was watching the, the movie Ted. And there's a whole extended sequence where, like, Mark Wahlberg and somebody just frame for frame do the, the fantasy dance sequence from Airplane. That Robert uh-huh, Hayes and right, I think uh-huh. Julie Haggerty do. Right. So it's just it's Mark Wahlberg and somebody just doing that, just like verbatim. Yeah. That's not the right word, but anyway. Um, and the guy was just roaring with laughter, and I was like, I, "What else is true for you? And what yeah. what are, what right, are the right. rules of your world?" You were right. like, "I this was is going to meet you in the bathroom, but now you know yeah, what? No, 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 sir, no. I will not. Absolutely not. I, can I very quickly, and then I'll get out of your hair? No, I, please be in our hair. There was there were on two occasions I was on an airplane. Where the person next to me was watching the movie The Proposal. <laughs> and but and here's how I knew. Still holds up. Both times, these are two completely different occasions. The person laughed out loud, causing me to look over, look down at what they're watching. It was the same scene both times. What was the wow. scene? Wow. Here's all I know. 
is Sandra Bullock is kneeling on the sidewalk proposing to whoever the fuck was in that movie. Who's the Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. Wow. There's no way. There's no way that whatever was being said was funny enough. To cause anyone to laugh out loud. No, are they yeah. just and laughing at twice. the loud enough? Like, oh, she's proposing. I know. I, I, like, after the second time, I was like, okay, what could be happening? To the point where I almost watched it. Oh. <laughs> where I, oh, oh, my next flight. I was like, maybe I should Maybe there's something the to it. Yeah. It holds up. One of, that, that, one of the questions that we have in the game is, um, who's the most memorable person you ever encountered on an airplane? Mm-hmm. And... The story that I told got my favorite hashtag that anyone's ever done on one of my answers. Um, what the story was, I was coming back from New Orleans, and I met th- this tall, dark, and handsome guy on the plane, and we started talking at baggage claim, and we ended up having a date, right? And I was yeah. like, wow, well, this guy's like tall, dark. Like, I was like, wow, right? And so we go out. We go to this movie. It's kind of going okay. And we go back to his place, and I was a lot younger, and I was a little prudish, and he wanted to hit it. And I was like, mm, I- I'm not quite there yet. And he's like, do you mind if I just jack myself off? And I was like, okay. And I just sat there while he did. And then for the hashtag, the, you know, the airplane hashtag story was, um, uh, the hashtag coffee tea or do you mind if I just jack myself off? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which is now on my refrigerator because it makes me laugh. So who's the most memorable plane person? Mm. Proposal Most person, clearly. Plain person. Oh, well, I have one better than that. I bet. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, okay. <laughs> Similar situation. Um, I was, um, okay. The, uh, the person in the uh, window seat, this was first class. I don't mean to brag. Right. The person in the window seat was tapping away on, uh, on a laptop. I was in the aisle. Uh, it was like the seats go all the way back. So I went all the way back. I took a little nap. Uh, as I was like coming back to life. Uh, my eyes focused on what was going on on her laptop. On her laptop was an Excel spreadsheet. Down the left <laughs> side, names. Down like the whatever this axis is, the vertical axis, um, was uh, uh, chlamydia, um, uh, gonorrhea, herpes, various herpeses. She was going through a report and putting like checks by which – Diseases each person had, Whoa. and the the name of the spreadsheet: Bachelor Casting, oh! twenty two thousand. Yes! Oh! I swear to Christ, and Whoa! I was just like my eyes focused wow. on. It. I was like, "Am I in a dream? Is this a dream that wow. I'm in?" That and is so it's like, I, and I could see the. Ne- so it was like you know Andrew Greenbaum. I don't know who you are, right. but I know that you have syphilis, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could that not blows my it. mind. Yeah. But also I, I appreciate them that they're being responsible. Yeah. Know? Maybe this is after the fact. And it it made me think though, as they're like assembling a house of like of yeah. available bachelors yeah. or whatever. Um do they do they want a fully like STD free house or should, or do they want a house where everybody has the same? Right. Put the gonos, the right. Put yeah. the you know gonos I mean? so in one ring. Right. So they won't. You got yeah, the yeah. chlamydia's upstairs. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then we're going to do um, syphilis volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. a total sidebar, but I know you guys are obsessed with bachelor type things. Um, I worked recently on a gig with someone that worked as a producer and she said that it was so soul crushing that it, when she would be in the limo with the people as they were leaving and if you couldn't get the person to cry, they wouldn't let you out of the limo 
they would make you keep driving Holy around until the person crowed. They just break you down. Oh, I just wow. break just you crying down. out of frustration. <laughs> exactly. like, I don't want to be in this limo anymore. <laughs> exactly. Wait, Paul, did you have another uh, memorable flight? Oh, not, not that beats that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so Paul, much. Thank you. Yeah, left. I just need to put my headphones away. This is what we're talking about, FYI. It's a game I invented that's uh, we're we're launching this fall. It's really you don't fun. Know my Paul, life. Dennis. You don't know my life? That's well Dennis delivered. Paul. I don't know if you guys have met Paul. I've seen him many times on stage, and I'm a big fan. Wow. Thanks for stopping in. Yeah. I just said wow again, but that was a wow. That was that's real. That's an amazing story. That's an well, amazing story. I swear to Christ. I love that. But the the thing that I'm, I, f- I feel proud about with the game is that, like, something about – you wouldn't have thought of that any – you know, they bring up things that you don't remember yeah. or you don't think of top of mind. It's like a little fishing line, so – and sometimes you pull up a giant shark like yeah. the Bachelor XL spreadsheet. What a God great ex- a commercial for XL. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and for the Bachelor, for the bachelor really. of course. You Don't Know My Life is the game. It is. Tell people where to find it. Uh, you can go to you don't know my life game.com and uh, you can see all about that, uh, the game there. You can pre-order it. And also, if you happen to be in L.A., we play every Monday night at a place called Mod Pizza in North Hollywood. And uh, that information is also on youdon'tknowmylifegame.com. Yay. You guys, thank you for squeezing me in. Oh I'm God, a big fan so of both of you. And, uh, and so if people pre-order now, they can have this for the holidays. They can have it for the holidays. Yes, they, they can. Christmas. I am going to be placing an order thank you. today. Yeah, well, me too. You may end up getting a complimentary one for being so nice. No. Oh, wow. Or maybe one for you and one for somebody else. Uh, Dana, maybe Dana. you'll be so lucky. You can hook up Dana. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Dennis Hensley, thank you for being here. You thank are you. an angel. And thank you. Uh, after the break, uh, we have a special interview with comedian Robin Tran. And Robin uh, is uh, blowing up the uh, roast battle mm-hmm. universe. And she also has a comedy special on Hulu called... I believe it's called Invasion. Comedy Invasion. Comedy Robin Invasion. Tran. Robin Tran. BRB. Um, Matt, I cannot help but notice that you are levitating right now. What's going on? Mm, I meditated today. Did Not you to really? Brag. Oh, my God. You really do seem awfully serene. Thank you to uh, our new partner, Calm, which is the number one app for sleep and meditation and relaxation. Dave, let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious? Uh, every second that I am awake and 80% of the ones that I'm asleep. Do you? Oh, so you have trouble sleeping. A little. And uh, do you have any coping tools? No, no good ones. Well, you do now, thanks to Calm. Wow, tell me. Oh, it gives you the tools you need to live a happier and healthier and more mindful life and to levitate just like me. Well, surely it probably takes hours and hours every day. Hell no. It takes just five minutes of calm, and that can change your whole day, which is why Apple's uh, uh, 2017 app of the year was, guess what? Calm. Wow. I'm interested in trying. Well, you know what you can do? You can go to calm.com slash homophilia, get 25% off a Calm premium pr- subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programs. Like what? Like uh, guided meditations on anxiety, stress, focus, relationships with a brand new meditation each day called the Daily Calm. I need calm every damn day. Well, you also need it at night. They have sleep stories, which are like bedtime stories for grownups. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Here's what I'm going to do. What are you Let me do? talk you through my action plan. Okay, I'm listening. I'm going to go to uh, calm.com slash homophilia and get 25% off a Calm Premium subscription. That includes unlimited access to all of their amazing content. So let's all get started today. Calm.com slash homophilia. That's calm.com 
slash homophilia. Dave, can I tell you something? Um, yeah. I hope this isn't weird, but you smell amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What did you do differently? Well, I've got just a little spritz of uh, Olmsted and Vaux oh, from oh, Fleur. Oh. Fleur, Fleur, Fleur. Yeah, it was one of the the, uh, the three that I tried out. This one has like a woodsy kind of like a like a like like the way I would imagine Keanu Reeves to smell. Ooh, you know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. I like it. I like it. I just I do a little a little couple little sprays in the air. I walk through it. I'm good for the day. It's masculine but fresh. Thank you so much. Fleur fragrances are crafted by world-class artisans, and they're sold at an honest price. They come in a full range of standout scents. What's your fave? Oh, uh, I'm also wearing Olmsted and Vaux, actually, oh. which uh, I would describe as a, as a breezy walk through Central Park. Oh, I like that. I like that description. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Go to Fleur.com today. Use promo code HOMO to get 20% off of your custom Fleur sample set. Go nuts. Choose three, whichever you like. And yeah. get a credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite one. You'll have a hard time picking. That's promo code HOMO at Fleur.com to try three Fleur fragrances of your choice at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R.com. All right. We are back. We are back. Um, we are back are with we a, ever? a comedian who has been uh, setting fire to the roast battle universe. <laughs> I guess Please so, welcome. yeah. Yeah. Robin Tran. Thank Hi, you. Robin. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You're not so going to roast us, are you? No. Oh, God. Okay. Please no, don't. If, if you want me to roast you, I have to like go home and write jokes for two weeks. Okay. I yeah. don't have the capacity for it. I'm not good at snapping, roasting, you know? Yeah. Like on the spot. Well, I, I, evidence would seem to indicate that you are. I know. No. I need weeks. Well. <laughs> to write good jokes. Well, those okay. weeks are paying off. Yeah. You're doing um, great. Thank you. How is that to work on? Is it like, is it mortifying? Are you afraid? Um, yeah, I'm always afraid of how the audience is going to take the jokes and everything because everyone is really quiet yeah. and everyone's listening very intently. Like, and you get like uh, an instantaneous like judgment on the joke or not, whether right. it's good or not. Like right. professional wrestling, ah, or uh, uh-huh. yeah. What's your favorite one? My favorite what? Your favorite roast item. My favorite roast. Your favorite item. of your jokes. I, I I was battling somebody who was overweight. And I said, uh, on 9-11, Keith missed a flight to crash into the World Trade Center, which means he's personally responsible for killing the two people who took his seat. Wow. <laughs> that was a long way to go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, that was a long way to go for a delicious drink of water. <laughs> How does – I mean, I, I have – I do have respect for the roast as an art form. I was telling Dave I went to the Bruce Willis roast and had a lot of fun there, but it isn't – isn't the – it's an – I don't have the constitution for for it. You know what I mean? It makes me uh, feel bad. <laughs> but I respect. How did you? How did you get into the roast world? Well, I mean, um, when I saw the Drew Carey roast in '98, it, it changed my life. Like uh, you know, making fun of someone that you that you love yeah. is how I grew up. I grew up really poor, so all we had was gallows humor. My friends and I. We were just mean to each other. Yeah. Like there's no, we didn't know any other way to show love. Like I once got broken up with and I was crying and my friend was like, well, maybe she just realized how ugly you are. You know, that's, <laughs> oh. that's just how, but that's, and it made me laugh. And that's, that's how we've always shown love. 
So I've always liked roasting in general. And then when I heard there was something called a roast battle, it combined everything that I love together, like roasting. And uh, I'm a big professional wrestling fan. So it, you know, it, it, you know, had the spectacle of professional wrestling. And, yeah. you know, there's like crazy entrances and costumes and everything. And there's like this one upsmanship that I really love about professional wrestling also. Yeah. So it's just my favorite thing to okay. do. Um, yeah, I never thought of it as a, uh, like that it is a loving, you know, art form. But these, these are, you know, uh, ideally you are roasting somebody you actually are a fan of. Yeah, I'm not getting jokes thrown at me about being transgender that I read on, on Twitter, you know. I'm not, I'm not getting like, hey, hey, Robin, go kill yourself. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's that's like, a, that's not a really a joke. It's you know? not a great joke. <laughs> no, no, it's it a terrible joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I get to be, I get to, it's like empowering that I get to say something kind of awful. Yeah, because it's like a side of the transgender people that you know people don't see on television. Like, just I'm kind of dominating somebody with my words, you know, yeah. and I'm coming out on top. And then you know, I get like clever jokes about being trans thrown at me back, not the awful ones. Yeah. And what has the response from the rest of the trans community been? Um, <clears throat> I don't really know. Um, I'm guessing that some of them probably don't like that I do this, but I also think that. Uh, they are happy that a trans person is thriving in any way, you know, because yeah. of visibility, you know. So it's probably mixed emotions like, oh, I'm glad Robin is, you know, <laughs> getting ahead. But I don't know about this roasting thing. That's, that's how I'm guessing some of them are, are feeling about it. Right. Uh, you mentioned pro wrestling yeah. a lot of times yeah. in just the first couple of minutes. Yeah. Is that, was that a big influence on you? Did you grow up watching, I've been watching WWF? WWF, yeah. I've been watching it since I was four years old. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk through some of your uh, your pivotal WWF moments. Who are your Shawn influential Mike- Shawn stars? Michaels is, I think, the greatest wrestler. You I guys, don't you remember guys who that is. Tell me everything. Fan of Shawn Michaels. I don't know. I I don't really know. It's like a lot of inside baseball. Right. When I was a kid, I saw him throwing his partner Marty Jannetty through the barber glass window. Oh my god! And wow. it was like the most violent, vicious thing I saw, and it just got my attention right away. So and what was said? You know what? I like that. Yeah, this yeah. is like what they're up to. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> what What was Shawn Michaels' deal? Was he uh, a heel? Was yeah, he, he he turned a heel? Face? He turned heel when I started watching it, and he had this cocky attitude, you know. And then when I got older and I started realizing that wrestling was predetermined, I just realized that he's like the most athletic guy also. So he's always got my attention because of his boastfulness, you know, like I'm the greatest and like he's like smaller uh-huh. and I like sm- the smaller guys because I, I never associated with the bigger ones. Right. And uh, yeah, he just, he just was like the greatest wrestler that ever lived. Wow. What does that do to a young psyche when a, when a favorite turns heel? Do you oh feel betrayal? Well, oh, are, yeah. Can you define this term, turns heel? Well, let me see if I can. Um, there are good wrestlers and there are evil wrestlers, uh-huh. right? Like there's Hulk Hogan. Sure. Who was mostly good. Classic yeah. hero. But then he tur- he did a heel turn. Yeah. He was a face. Oh. Faces are the good ones. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, am I am I? He turned, so he turned far? heel in real life, too. He did anyway. turn heel in real life. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, but, but yeah, they, they, they go bad. Can you give us some examples of how people go bad specifically? Well, Do they turn on friends? Yeah, it's like always like there's a good guy with a steel chair, you know, and he's about to hit the bad guy. But then, oh, he turns around, he hits the good guy. Oh, oh and oh. everyone goes, oh, and they start booing this guy they've been cheering. Mm-hmm. That's turning heel. Wow. You go from a heel, you, you go from a face to a heel. Yeah, and then often back. Yeah, they switch back and forth. Sure. But what does that do, especially to a kid? 
Oh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get through it? You just, you just feel betrayed and then you just keep watching. And it, I guess that's you're like, good, I guess I can trust no one. Right. Yeah. It's a good lesson for life and heart, just heartbreak in real life. Right. Jeez. So Sean Michael turns heel. Yeah. What were some of his highlights in his heel period? Oh my gosh. This guy, he, he turned on every, I mean, Sean Michaels is interesting because he was a heel in real life. So he would always like he would always be a champion, you know, and he never got pinned to lose the title because it made him look bad. So he would do things like, I don't want I don't want this title anymore. I'm I'm just going to give it up on TV. And then he would run away, you know, and it's oh. like, oh, my God, that's real life. Like he really just didn't want to lose. Yeah. So he would just keep doing things or like he he was the World Wrestling Federation champion. And so he didn't want to lose in a match. So he went out and he gave this like heartfelt speech. He was a good guy. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I've lost my smile and I don't want to be champion anymore. And here, you take the title because I don't want it anymore. And then, like, in backstage, people were livid. They're like, oh my God, this guy is going to get away with not losing his title again, you know? Yeah. And um, I know these are examples of why I shouldn't like the guy, but I mean, he's he's so good that, like, I love him anyway, sure. even though he's the these most are controversial like complex guy. Complex and layered characters. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. At what age did you realize that it was everything was not on the up and up? NBC had a special called what? Pro Wrestling's Biggest Secrets Reveal. What you know, year kinda, was this? This feels like really awesome. Like 97, 98. Okay. Yeah. You know, kind of like the, the Magician's yeah. Biggest Secrets Reveal. Oh, but I for like to talk about it. It's too oh, painful. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but for wrestling. Okay. Yeah. How so, old were you? I think I was like 15 or 16. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you chose to hold on to the illusion for a I bit. chose to hold on to many illusions in my life. I <laughs> stopped believing in Santa when I was six, but I believed in the tooth fairy till I was like 11. Wow. I just like, I just wanted something in my life to be magical, you know? Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, the tooth fairy said just lower stakes. It's yeah. like you're not, you know, thinking about it as much. Yeah, and then wrestling was until I was 15. That was the last thing. Once I let go of wrestling, I realized that life was just... What it is, you know. Wow. There's no magic. There's no God. Jeez. That's this really is... dark. It got really dark. Maybe I'm hungry or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, listen, you can have some, <laughs> you some of those goldfish. animal crackers or whatever. They're, they're goldfish, but they're shaped like bunnies. No, oh, that's that's okay. They're probably organic or something. And yeah. I opened the wrong end. That's okay. I did everything wrong. What do you uh, What are you hooked on now? What do you What do you watch when you need some comfort? Well, the thing is, is that I watch so much wrestling that um, when I started getting kind of bored of it recently. I don't have anything to put in place of it. Mm. So I'm in a re- weird transitional period in my life yeah. where I just like lay in bed and just like listen to nothing for hours on end. I don't know if it's healthy. It's weird. Listen yeah. to nothing? I guess w- I'm just like laying in bed. And I'm just daydreaming for hours. But are you, are you, are you, hold, you scrolling through your phone? No, or you... no. What? I'm just literally just laying in bed and just listening to like are you... the silence accidentally meditating i think so yeah okay yeah i mean i'm on a lot of medication right now yeah you know for mental health issues okay so maybe it's it's made me so chill that i'm literally <laughs> yeah you don't need um, to search for everything the rest of us are frantically scrambling yeah for. but i wish i had a more interesting answer you know like i wish that i i want to know what i like besides professional wrestling that's like the goal in my life now. Okay, well maybe, yeah, maybe we can help you. I, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a lot of content out there, right? Yeah, now. Oh, really? <laughs> there is. Yeah, we're in a bit of a golden age. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, like, you know, I'll watch TV shows, like, but I've watched them all already. Breaking Bad and Mad Men, uh-huh. The Sopranos. I've watched all of them. I can't just keep rewatching them, you know? There's they more did than just make those more than, three. Yeah, yes. they did make more than three shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought Although, those were the only three that existed. I hear just off the top of my head are shows. Yep. Power. That's, that's a, show. a show. Yep. Oh. Um, uh, I, I really can't think that's of a second. The only Billions. Show. Billions, Billions is, is a, show. a show. Ballers is a show. I don't know. Orange is the New Black? Orange is the New Black is a watched show. That. Yeah. Uh, um, you did it? Oh, you did watch it? Yeah, I've, I watched it for oh, a while. Okay, okay. I, so you've I, watched I, t- I, tapped, I tapped out of, of Orange is the New Black. Okay. Well, it asks a lot of us. Yeah. S- still more wrestling talk. <laughs> That's like a, like it's a, a wrestling oh, yeah, oh, I you tapped should be watching out, Glow. Oh, yeah, I what love, about Glow? Oh, gl- Glow is one of my favorite television shows ever made. Yeah. But you got you burned through both seasons. I burned through you're... both. Yeah, I, I'll re. I I watched the first season like ten times. Uh-huh. The wow. second one I'll probably rewatch again and again. Okay, it's everything I love about television too. There's something. Yeah. There's a show. Yeah, instead of silence, they I can don't know watch how Glow you're getting again. Through ten, a season of a uh, show ten times and still managing to have hours on end to kind of meditate. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a day job. I just I do stand up comedy, so yeah. I have a lot of time to kill during the day before I have to get dressed and go out. Uh-huh. Are you thinking about gigs all day long? Sometimes I'm thinking about nothing. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> is this is this interesting? Rate? I don't even know if this is interesting to anyone. Oh, it so. is. It is. <laughs> I've never yeah. I've never really talked about this in public. Yeah. Yeah, these are not answers that I have heard before. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Before you went on medication for various mental things, did you think about too many things? I thought about uh, – this is going to get dark. Is that okay? That's fine. I thought about That's killing right. myself a lot. Okay. And I never and – now, now I never think about it. Okay. That's what the medication did. Yeah. So, so was it just a racing mind? You know what happens is your life becomes a black and white movie. That yeah. keeps playing over and over again. That nothing good is ever going to happen. Yeah, and so that was that was all I was would, would think about, and I would try to escape from that. But now it's um, now it's just like kind of oh, life is what it is. You know, you'll get uh-huh. through it, and and everything's going to be okay. And, and you're not on a on a high. It's not like life is great. You're just no. It is what it is. Yeah, it's kind of like um, I'm like a, my girlfriend said. She's really excited for me. It's because I'm like a painter and I have this blank canvas and I can paint anything. Yeah. And I just need to figure out what I want to paint. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So wrestling and uh, Weezer. I like Weezer a lot. Wrestling and Weezer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Weezer fan. If that's... Where that are feels we? like those go hand in hand in a way. There's a fun... Like, there's, there's a Venn diagram. There's overlap. a Venn diagram that uh, Robin Tran sits in the middle of. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, Weezer hasn't given us any new music in several years. They haven't right? given us any good new music in many years. Ooh, but, oh, um, the the last you, album. Why was, must you roast them? <laughs> the last album was pretty terrible, but the one before, the two before, were actually really good. I found Beverly Hills unforgivable. Yeah, my girlfriend does too. Oh, that's yeah. when you turned on them. Wow, yeah. is when they turned heel. That's when they turned heel. That's right. Now they hit me with a chair. Can I tell you? In uh, the '90s, I went to a Weezer concert, and it was one of those things where I was like, "The it was like a it was like an episode of Stranger Things where one of the like dorky kids gets to go out with like the cooler older kids." Mm-hmm. And went to a Weezer concert and got separated from them, maybe because they were all trying to ditch me. And um, I, and uh, dur- I don't know what song it was, but there was a moment where I was it was like a standing room show, and everyone was jumping hands in the air, hands in the air, hands in the air. I was doing it too, just trying to be cool. But meanwhile, I wasn't even looking at the stage because I'm looking around trying to find these friends who have ditched me. And I feel something, and I look down, and I have just caught Rivers' hat. 
He threw it out to oh, the wow. crowd, and because Stop. my hand was up, it just felt landed in my hand, and I oh had my it. God. It was a um, uh, gas station logo. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. yeah well, you can't. Right. Is that you know, a good story? Yeah. It is a I good liked story. It. Yeah. That warmed my heart. It'd be one thing if it was like a red hat and it said, Make America Great Again. And you're like, Oh, oh no, no, I can't believe I caught <laughs> this hat. A friend of mine from my last birthday, my, my friend uh, Dave has a birthday a week after me. So, a mutual friend of ours, we had like a dual party. This is maybe this is two years ago. Um, got us matching red hats that said Make America Dave Again, uh, and which were delightful. And they, it was the exact same typeface and it was just like it was perfect. And it was like when this whole time is over. This was 2016. Mm-hmm. When the election is over and it's funny, we'll wear these. Of course, you can't wear them out of the house until then. Hell well, no. it never got fucking funny, did it? <laughs> Hell no. Never got funny. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, on the Weezer cover of Africa? Oh, I think it's great. I mean, it did sounds like exactly it? the same as the, the original one, yeah. And mm-hmm. that now, now they're going to Toto is going to make a, a hash pipe yeah. cover, right? I think they've been playing it live. Oh my gosh, that's so funny! What yeah, a time to be Toto alive. is the band who sings Africa. That's right. That's right. right? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I got yeah. it. What other music do you like? What's on your playlist? What's on your zone out playlist? A lot of <laughs> zone out playlists. Um, I, I liked a lot of indie pop. I got into indie pop in like 2009. And that, like, I never really moved past it. Like, Bell and Sebastian and Rilo Kiley. Ooh, and, I love Rilo Kiley. You know, like, these weird, ba- I don't even know, SX Green? Like, these weird bands that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, I've like, not even heard of them. Yeah, and um, I guess I have a, a playlist of just, like, 2009 indie pop. And then randomly I'll have, like, an Eminem song. Uh-huh. I'm a big Eminem fan. Okay. And uh, and then like a, a Tupac song, you know, like sure. it's a weird playlist, you know, yeah. so, like all of a sudden it's like indie pop Tupac and the Simpsons song. Or that's I mean that's, a, the, very, that's how we do in it's very it's very eclectic. Yeah, we can be eclectic if we want to be. Yeah, Were we just recently hypothesizing, or someone revealed that Eminem is dating. Cardi B or someone? Someone is the yeah. shocking. No, Cardi am I, am B is uh, at least engaged to and just had a kid with Offset. Yeah, yes. but no, was it, it some, Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj. Yeah, yes. Nicki Minaj. Sorry, cannot believe I just confused those two. Yeah, uh, she must not have been hearing his recent albums, you know. But yeah. I'm glad they're going out. Yeah. What do you think of Eminem's new look with the dark hair and the perfect I, beard? His his new look doesn't bother me. I don't like his recent music very much, which really. Is a bummer because I've been his fan. I've been a fan of his since like two thousand. Yeah, yeah. He has, you know, gotten some work done. And yeah, it, oh, yeah, it's confusing to look. It at. is weird. Your eye doesn't know kind of what to land on. Yeah, and I like seeing a man who's getting some work done because I look at it and I take notes and I go, "Okay, I won't do that. I won't do that." I'm constantly <laughs> planning yeah. ahead. Sure. What you know what I mean? I wish he would smile. I you know I bet he's got a lovely know. smile. Yeah, you yeah. rarely see it. Uh, I wish the beard did not look uh, spray painted on. Yeah, as though he were like a GI <laughs> Joe, yeah. like a secondary GI Joe, mm-hmm. yeah. like a, one of the soldiers that would back GI Joe up. I don't know what is he going for. He wants to look tough. Is that I what it guess? is? I guess. I yeah. guess. He's not a tough guy. And also, his new music is you know is like woke Eminem. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Right. You know? yeah. I like woke. And I like Eminem, but you put the two together, you yeah, know. They don't. They don't he, mix he, well. He's like, like Trump, you know, banning transgender people from the military. I'm like, what? You you care about us now? <laughs> like, yeah. If this was like 2000, you would be. Well, you know, you did talk a lot of you know crap on us. Oh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. You uh, can say shit. Oh, you can. Okay. Safe space. I wasn't sure. Shit. Say it. Say shit. Shit. There you go. Shit. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was real jacked for a minute in like 2000. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Remember that? I remember he was at the Video Music Awards shirtless. And I was like, okay. 
Do you have any Eminem stories? Did you? Not really. No? No. He was around a lot. Um, but yeah, like a million, you know, handlers and shit around him. I remember him being a little pissy. Like yeah, he was pissy or really real Eminem? Life than I, I imagine he would I, be. Yeah. Just like, just peevish. You know what I mean? Not like yeah. a tough guy, just kind of, you know. He's a like stunt a child queen. Star. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's exactly what he is. Uh, well, should, should we take we a little break? Take a little break. Let's Jeez. do that. We'll be right back. Andy Daly is an American treasure. That oh. dude is so funny and so underrated. So underrated, such a star. He really is. Like he's so he's he looks so unthreatening, so nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just looks like, you know, your fourth grade teacher or whatever. Dude is so funny. He is a killer. He is a legitimate comedy assassin. I have seen him live. I have seen him in review on Comedy Central, oh, which is like an underrated classic show. You've seen him on a gajillion things. He's a genius. Um, he has got something brand new here on Earwolf. It is called the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project. Um, he's uh, He and Matt Gorley are sent tapes of uh, podcast pilots as though they're all in consideration to become an Earwolf podcast. But in reality, between you and me, all these pilots are loosely scripted, improv, centered on one of Andy's characters. Episode one, cowboy poet Dalton Wilcox. Uh, later in the season, we get to theater director Don DeMello, ventriloquist act Gil and Golly, health teacher Joe Bongo, and Scottish tour guide Cameron McGonagall. Wow. Yeah. You know, Earwolf fans have been asking for more, more episodes of the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project for years. And we got them. It's got a brand new batch of pilots. Season two is out on your podcast apps right now. Andy's been in a ton of, of Earwolf shows. Of course, he needs no introduction to our uh, audience. You know and his is. podcast is incredible. The AV Club called this show a pure distillation of Andy's demented brilliance. Well, I mean, he took the words right out of my mouth. And Couldn't he, say it better myself. He's got all the greats. He's got Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, Jason Manzukis, Matt Besser. Come on. And on and on. And on some more. Subscribe to the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, and you'll get a new pilot every Thursday. Folks, we are back with Robin Tran. Robin, we heard you say the word girlfriend earlier. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have a girlfriend. What's What's the deal? How long has this been going on? Um, It's been like six years now. Oh, we, wow. we met at an open mic. I was still Robert at the time. Um, we, it was like one of, the, one of those open mics where you can give each other feedback at the end, you know? Uh-huh. So it didn't last very long, this open mic. Yeah, <laughs> Comedians yeah. hate feedback, oh, you know? Sounds sure. fucking brutal. Ooh, especially publicly? Yeah. It. And she did some joke about horror points or something. This is an old joke. And I said, uh, my feedback was, well, you're the most self-aware 19-year-old I've ever seen in my life. And she was like 32 at the time. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, I love that feedback. And that was how it began. I love it. Yeah. How old were you at the time? I was like, what, 26, 27? Okay. 20, it was a 26-year-old virgin uh-huh. when I met her. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. And she didn't want to see me exclusively because she didn't want to be the one to take my virginity. Ooh. She said it was a lot of pressure, so she told me to go out there and kick a few tires. That was how she put it. Did you do that? I went on some dates, and all I did was talk about this girl I met named Kate. You know, uh-huh. all I did was talk about her, and that was a horrible date to all these girls. girls love yeah. that. Yeah, I know. And then um, it was like one weekend, Kate sends me this text message, and she's like, 
hey, I want you to come over to my apartment this weekend so we can write together, winky face. And I was like, oh, man, I love writing, you know. So I went to Target and I bought like a backpack and like pens and papers and Oh, notebooks. you were going back to school. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I couldn't wait to write with her. And I came to her apartment and she's like sitting on the floor with her bathrobe open with her boobs sticking out. And I was thinking like, Oh man, is she gonna put some clothes on so we can write together? Uh huh. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't believe what was happening. And then uh, she was, she was stoned. And then I smoked some pot. And then one thing led to another. And then we had sex. And that I lost my virginity to her when I was twenty-seven. She did wow. what she vowed never to do. Yeah, and uh, we've been going out ever since. Wow, uh, six years now. What a beautiful story. Yeah, we tell it. Um, we have a show together called The Unconventional Lesbians. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we, we, do, we each do stand-up, and then we um, have a duo set at the end that explains our whole relationship from the beginning. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I'm going to need to hear her side of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get her in here. We will get her in here at some point. So this was six years ago. Yeah. You said you were still Robert. I was still Robert. So you were in a relationship as you were beginning to sort of – Ideate is that the word? Uh, conceptualize transitioning. Yeah. No, not really. No. I was. I was. Um, I think she saw it coming more than I before I did. It was like we had a lot of problems in our relationship. I was very unhappy, and I didn't know why. And I would do things like I would go to the gym and I'd work out my arms and my chest, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm manly, right?" And she, uh-huh. she'd just be like, "I love you," like, and I'd be like, "I'm not manly." <laughs> I start crying because I'm not manly enough, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember when Caitlyn Jenner, you know, before she was Caitlyn, you know, when she was still Bruce, did that interview, I remember I was really angry. And Kate was like, what are you so angry about? And I'm like, these these fucking people, man, like, they want to be called she. You know, in some other life, I could have been called she. You know, she's like, why don't you be called she? And I'm like, no, fuck that. And I slammed the door. I don't remember this happening. Yeah. But she said these things would happen every now and then. And then... um, I was like driving back to work one day and I, I w- this is the first time I went to therapy and everything and I was happy and then it, that, that was when it clicked. It just clicked one day. My whole life flashed before my eyes. And, uh, and in a therapy session? Um, no, it was because of like continuous therapy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was just in a better place. And uh, it, was, it was the weirdest thing that happened to me. Just my whole life flashed before my eyes. It was like February 3rd, 2015. I remember the day. I remember where I was and I remember how I felt. And then I came out to her by um, Facebook messaging her. Really? <laughs> you said, hey, I'm a woman. Yeah. I love you. That was all I wrote. Wow. Facebook message. But you're, you're fully in a relationship by now. Yeah. But you've regressed to Facebook messaging. <laughs> Guess you're like, however I need to communicate this. I needed, to tell, communicate. I needed to tell her right away. Yeah. And, and I did. And it ruined her work day. Well. <laughs> you know. But how did she react? Yeah. How but, did she react? She's like, I love you. And, you know, she wasn't that surprised. She was just she was just glad that I fixed whatever the hell was going on with me. All this like trying to be trying to be like the alpha in the relationship when I clearly wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like she'd put her arm around me like at open mics and people would give us these dirty looks. And I'm like, oh, no, you can't do that. I have to be the one to put my arm around you. Just this stupid shit, you know? Yeah. And she was just glad that that didn't happen anymore. Wow. So when did you uh, – what was your, like, coming out process with the rest of your friends and family? Um, well, I uh, wrote a Facebook status, and, uh, and, and then later that night I was at an open mic. 
I took the mic and I said, uh, hey, this is not a joke. And I don't know if anything is going to come out of this, but I identify as a woman. And everyone just was like in shock. And then I was, and I was like, hey, you guys, you guys go to the supermarket. He just went into my material and no one gave a shit, you know? Yeah. And then at the end, I'm like, hey, thanks for, for, thanks for listening. And, you know, hope you guys still love me. And then I, afterwards, everyone's like, yeah, we still love you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then it took me three weeks to finally put on like women's clothing and everything. And I remember I was hoping that I would hate it. I was like, man, I hope I hope this is a phase because like if I like this, then my life is going to be really hard. And then I put on this pink top and this um, striped skirt. And I was like my I smiled for the first time in my whole life. Wow. I've never smiled. Yeah, it was the, like just my face was glowing. And I was like, oh, man, my life is over. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be so, so hard now because I can't go back. You know, I know what it's like to be happy. Yeah. And um one thing that I realize is I can look at people in the eyes now before I couldn't look at anyone in the eyes. It was like, and I thought it was just because I was shy and I am, I'm shy, but it was a different kind of hiding. You know, it was like, I'm hiding something, but I don't even know what I'm hiding. Wow. How has it been with uh, your family? Um, well, I have this whole joke that I won't do here, but I did. Can well, no, it's, we I, love came, people I came out. Yeah. I came out to my mom. Like it was, um, like it was hard to come out to my mom, you know, because I mean, emotionally it was hard, but I mean more logistically because she doesn't speak any English and I don't oh. speak Vietnamese. That was kind of what the joke is: is me going, <laughs> yeah. "Mom, bo- brain boy, brain girl," you know, whatever. You know, just yelling at each other. Um, and um, she, it took about an hour, and then she was like, okay, you're a girl, and now I miss my son. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm still your, I'm still your child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't yeah. disappeared, you know. And it's taken her a couple years to really go, okay, you're a girl. And the thing is my hair was really, really short at the time. And I, she said this really recently, which I think is kind of funny. She said, I was really afraid that you would be an ugly girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's, that was it. That was, I, I didn't realize that it was completely a shallow reason, mm-hmm. you know? And, and she's like, you're not an ugly girl, so I'm proud of you. My dad, um, I've, I haven't told him, and he sees me dressed like a girl a lot, and he thinks that I do it for comedy. He thinks it's like a bit for laughs. Yeah. And that's what he tells other people. And then they're like, you know, you know, she like goes to the store like that, right? And he, it's like he doesn't even hear it. Really? Like, yeah, and do you feel compelled to correct him? No, I don't really care. It's like he's like Westworld, you know? It's like I, it doesn't look like anything to me, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's through it, you know? Right. Where is he? Where are your parents? Oh, they, they live uh, They live in Garden Grove. Okay. I live actually in the uh, little apartment connected to their house now. Oh, really? Yeah, just to save money on rent, yeah. Okay. Like, do the both of you live there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they're seeing you quite a bit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And your father is still not 100% on board. He just, he said, does does the kid want to kill himself anymore? You know, still says mm-hmm. him. And they're like, no. And he goes, whatever. Right. Like, what if whatever that my kid does to not want to kill himself anymore, just let him do it. Right. That's his thing. Right. He'll never understand the gender identity stuff. I don't really care right. to explain it to him. What What does it matter, you know? Yeah. He still accepts it, and he sees, oh, my kid's dressed like a girl, uh-huh. and I like that my kid does stand-up comedy. So just let the kid do whatever the kid wants. Right. 
it's healthy. It's a decent attitude. Yeah. yeah. You know? Great on the curve. It's like a B plus, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any, like, mentors or anybody once you began to think about taking these steps? Did you have anybody... I did, you know. There was a trans comedian that really helped me out in the beginning, and uh, it was because like uh, she was like the only comedian, like you know, that was out openly and everything. And um, I don't really like her anymore, you know. No. <laughs> it's okay. just kind of a shame, you know. It's like you know, like your mentor, like you know, you have a mentor in the beginning to like kind of get you going, and then you kind of like go like, oh, okay, well, it's only because you were the only one, you know, like. I don't like this idea that we all have to like each other, you know, yeah. just because there's not very many of us. We have to like a lot of us don't like each other. That's yeah. kind of the thing about trans people. <laughs> Are you doing a heel turn right before? Our yeah. Eyes? <laughs> yeah. Well, radical. I'm kind of I'm kind of a trans heel doing the roast battle. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so, um, yeah, I, I'm really grateful for her and I always will be. But, you know, we don't we don't talk anymore. You, you know, we don't like each other. And it's like unspoken. Uh-huh. Was there a specific like falling out? Incident? I don't know. She unfollowed me on Facebook out of nowhere. Un- you know, unacceptable. Yeah, and then I was like, "What are you? Un- You're mad at me for complaining about being trans? I learned this from you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She thought I complained too much, and I was like, "You complain more than anyone I know." And then we just stopped talking. Gotcha. Remember one time we had a set. Um, she'll never hear this. Whatever. I'll just t- I'll just say it. We had we were on the same show. And I did my material. She was headlining. And then uh, I killed, you know. I, I was doing my trans material. And she went up and she trashed my set. Oh, no. As a headliner. Because no, no. she was mad that I did trans material. Because she did trans material. And I'm like, but we do different trans material. I have, like, a, I have my stuff about being Vietnamese. You don't, you're not Vietnamese, you know. And so that was when a lot of the, you know, conflict. At least to me, that's when it started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you say you took to Facebook to complain about <clears throat> being trans a lot. What are, what are you, what are the main complaints? I hate how everyone stares at me. Yeah, and uh, staring doesn't bother me as much as like like they think that I don't see them staring at me. That's it's more like it's insulting my intelligence more than anything. You know, like like they think I'm like a zoo animal that can't talk or see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the main thing. You know is just the constant, like, staring. I can't think of anything else, really, or at, at the moment. I, I think anything that I do on, like, like uh, online, if I put out a joke or a video, like, uh, comments are just like, ew, this is a dude. You know, it's like, you just comment yeah. on the joke. If you don't like the joke, just say you don't like the joke. You don't have to do this all the time. Right. Hate mail and everything. Right. Yeah. But I stopped complaining about it recently. It's just made my life better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a, a trans community that you feel part of now? No, I don't. Or a queer community at large? I I um I don't um I, you know I, I haven't really thought about it. I, I I felt closer to the queer community recently, and I think I, you know recently I've done the roast battle thing and I've gotten on TV and everything. I've felt more distant from all the communities. I felt really more of a an island unto myself. I don't more know more so good... since since being on TV and being yeah, more public. Being more public, you know, you you can't. I, it's hard for me to be in any community now because it's like I'm in uncharted territory right now. Like being the first trans person to do to be on Comedy Central as a roast battler, you know, being the first anything is a lot of pressure. So 
it's like, I don't know who am I going to go to for advice because I'm the first one. I have to just figure it out on my own. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you, because you're also uh, – you, it, it's, it's something that we all associate with bro culture, the roast. Yeah, you know? it, and, it is, yeah. And so you're, you're really the other in that world, which is awesome. But um, it's – yeah, I, I, don't, I, I feel like the queer community isn't looking at the roasts. They're not thinking – they're not very roast-minded. No, you know? no. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – <clears throat> I would imagine that it is – you would stand out more in the trans community for doing what you do. Yeah. Seems I don't to be a pretty accepting world. It, yeah. The, I mean, the, the uh, roast battle world. <laughs> right? I mean, vicious, but. No, they accepting. are. They're very, they're very accept. They're very surprisingly accepting, even though it's bro culture. Yeah. Like you said, when, when it was announced that I was the first transgender contender, the crowd cheered before they even saw me. Yeah. And that, that gave me a lot of hope, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. getting, I'm getting kind of chills now thinking about it. Like, Man, that's that's how far we've come just in the past three years. Like, uh-huh. if I, if I were just doing this three years ago, people would be like, "What transgender battler? What this? Well, fuck this!" Yeah. But they cheered. They were like, "Yeah, new transgender battler! All right, we can't wait to see her." You know? Yeah. And so they're they are very accepting. They're very sensitive people. I think roasters, uh-huh. because like they need they need like they need to say I love you so badly, but they can't. Yeah. And so this is the only way they can say I love you to each other is like, hey, you you look like, you know, duh. Yeah, they're doing what your friends did growing up. Yeah. Right, right. It's the Massachusetts of comedy. With you <laughs> uh, people in Massachusetts are like that. Oh, okay. it's, yeah. It's really hard. It's it's hard to like if you don't if you're not used to it, it's very jarring. Um did you you, you mentioned first transgender contender, would that be your wrestling name? I guess it would be, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you mean to make a rhyme? Because that's a fucking good Th- name. That's what they called me. Yeah. They said no, this is their first transgender contender. I'm telling you, you need to get a robe made with that on the back of it. <laughs> you need to do a collaboration with Eminem. That's yeah. clearly... A- that's where he's going, right? Yeah. He wants to be more woke. Woke mm-hmm. Eminem. Yeah. Transgender contender, yeah. There you go. I'd like to see Eminem featuring Robin Tran. Or... Vice versa. Yeah, I think vice versa. I'd rather meet... I'd rather meet Rivers Cuomo first. Really? Yeah. Why? What about, what about Rivers? Is it just is it is there he, he a, a got, tenderness? He got me through. Pinkerton got me through like the toughest times in my life when yeah. I when I was suicidal and in high school. I just listened to Pinkerton over and over again. You guys like that album? Oh, I love that yeah, album. Yeah, um, still like it better than Blue Album. You I know, there's too. there's that rivalry between the two, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to say like thank you, you know, for making the music that. You, I'm sure you 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 hate in hindsight, because yeah. <laughs> he hates that album. But does he really? Yeah, he did for a while. I don't know if he still does. Oh please, Rivers Cuomo, you've given us such joy. Yeah, <laughs> just relax for um, God's sake. So, I do want to ask, what was dating like before you met your now girlfriend? <laughs> oh my God, I was a terrible. I did not know how to date. Um, you know what I would do? It was before I did stand up comedy. <laughs> so this is so embarrassing. I would test out jokes on them without telling them that they were jokes. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would treat my dates like they were open mics. Yeah, and oh, I would God. and I would just bomb on these dates. <laughs> that's well, how I that's how I became a good comedian. But I I got a lot of first dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really horrible, and uh, I got bad advice from uh, my guy friends. You know, they were like, you know what, you know what's wrong with you? You smile too much. Girls don't like it when you smile. You know, they like it when you're mysterious. Yeah. So I'd be on dates and we'd be smiling and laughing and then I'd be like, oh, I can't, can't smile, can't laugh, you know? And so I would, so I would, I would actually, I would purposely go, hey, so like, 
where were you on 9-11, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, I would just ask like these really serious questions. Yeah. So I would stop the, I would, I asked a lot of dates what they were doing on 9-11 to like set the mysterious mood. Wow. Shocking that that didn't none of those Yeah, it's shocking I didn't have any really relationships. No good piece of advice has ever followed the words, you know what girls like? You know what I mean? (laughs) And boys too. Like it's just – you can't generalize like that. That's terrible advice. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. But you you found your dream gal. I did, yeah. And would you marry? Yeah. I don't think we both – either of us really like the concept of marriage. Um but I, I mean, I would. I don't really like. But it, for me, it'd be like, let's go down to the courthouse and get married. I don't really want a wedding. It's a lot of money. I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. And what was yours a relationship that um, that had to go through some bumps when you transitioned, or is it more that like everything just made sense and it became the relationship it was supposed to be? Our relationship has had a lot of bumps, and have always. They've never been because of the transition. It's always been because of my mental health. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, like unmedicated me is not great. You know, I scream a lot. I I once like punched a hole through the wall because I had a Facebook argument with somebody about Bernie Sanders or something stupid. You know, just like, oh, you know. There's a lot going on on yeah. Facebook for you. Yeah. And uh, my life was just being on Facebook for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And um, so highs and lows have playing out over there. Yeah, I would say hours of silence is preferable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Um, but now she sees it as like, you're the most, uh, she said that this is what she's always seen me as. Since, since the beginning, six years ago, she said, I see, great, I see great things happening for you. You just have to get out of your own way. And so like six years later after, you know, I would get some opportunities and then I would self-sabotage. I would, mm-hmm. I would just get like a substance abuse issue with marijuana, like mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah. And I was laying in bed for like a year. I did that once. And wow. she, she, she cried. And she's like, you need to get out of bed. And I thought that I wasn't depressed. I thought I was like, well, what? Everyone else is, needs to do things, but I can just be in bed and not get out, you know? Yeah. And I was in denial. And just all, all these bumps were because I have bipolar, you know? And um, now I'm being treated for it. I'm actually getting out of bed and doing things that I love and, you know, getting on TV and getting opportunities, getting on podcasts and everything. And she's like, this is, this is everything that I ever wanted for you. Like you're productive now, you know, that's great. Yeah, that's great. That's what you like to hear. Relationship. Yeah. I'm going to agree. She's the best. She's, she should have broken up with me three, four different times now. She didn't. Wow. Sounds like she knew what, she knew what was ahead. I don't know. I mean, I think she just couldn't, she like loved me too much to leave me, but I mean, any 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 other person would have. Yeah, I mean, wow. you're with the right lady. Yeah, well done, Robin Tran. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thanks Seriously. for having me. Well, that was action packed, and I am I am I'm shaken to. My core. Shaking to my very core. This was uh, a star-studded hit parade. I mean, Dennis Hensley. Dennis Hensley. Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins. Robin Tran. Robin Tran. I mean, The Bachelor. We (laughs) riddled with herpes. Absolutely. All of the various simplexes of herpes. Um, Yeah, you know, we we wondered who would be the first non- gay person to be on this show. And it My makes money was always on Paul F. Tompkins. So much sense. It really makes him. a lot of sense that he would just drop in. 
Um, I thought he was coming in to come out of the closet. I, yeah. Honestly, that was the energy he came into this room with was mm-hmm. like, I must say something to the people. But it I turns think, out he just wanted to talk about, um, what did he talk about? Being on a plane. I Being on planes and stuff. The proposal. Uh, that was great. Thank you so much, Dana Wicked. Thank you, Dana. Everyone Thank you, Wolf. everybody. Thank you, Ben, for the music. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dave. Um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Guys, listen. I'm talking to you. Yes, you. Mm-hmm. Ditch the body spray. Oof. I had a bunch of dudes walk past me. I saw the happy time murders. Yes, I know that was my fault. <laughs> I was doing it for work. And just that I, it, like it was, they came a little bit late. They were like two minutes in. I was already like, who the hell is this movie for? Four bros came in into my row. Reeking of Axe Body Spray. Oh, like Jesus a full pig pen from Charlie Brown cloud of like, you know, midnight lightning bolt or whatever, whatever flavor of Axe Body Spray Nasty. they had on their bodies. It was gross. I don't like it. Guys, go to Fleur. Yeah, go to Fleur. They create expertly crafted, sustainably produced perfumes without the bad stuff, and they sell it at an honest price. It's a, a revolutionary way of discovering and experiencing fragrance. Fleur fragrances are crafted by world-class artisans, and they give the time and the resources to create something truly special. And plus for you, the sampling process is crazy easy. No matter how much you know about fragrances, uh, all you got to do is go to Fleur.com. You can kind of get to know their scents through their sites. They really paint a picture or paint a scent or spray a scent mm-hmm. with words. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really know what you're getting. You choose three you like. And then you get your little sample set. It's super easy. Uh, I, I sampled a few. There are a couple that I like. We're moving into autumn. Oh. There's one that's like, to me, Olmsted and Vaux is like, it's the, the smell equivalent of like a crunchy leaf under a foot. I love that Olmsted. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like Moab is oh, really? a little more deserty, a little more. There's a there's a, a, an autumnal mystery to that one. Oh, I like that. That's going to be my seasonal a scent. A blood moon, perhaps. Mm. Yes. Well, go to Fleur.com today and use the promo code HOMO to get 20% off your custom Fleur sample set. You pick three cents to try, you get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. Uh-huh. Promo code HOMO. Hard to forget that one at Fleur, P-H-L-U-R dot com. Try three Fleur fragrances of your choosing at 20% off. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.